This is At The Wood, where bartenders talk to other bartenders and industry friends about drinks, service, and anything else you talk about while sitting at the wood. Another one of At The Wood with uh, Trevor Thomas. Hi. Who was uh, the maker, producer of the uh, At The Wood theme song. All that, yeah. yeah. Oh, is that right? No, oh, nice. And uh, Steve Kivett. Hello. Uh, and myself, the pride of Red Deer, Seth Van Haver. Sure that. So today we're talking about creativity in bartending and not so much in bartending, but why bartenders tend to be creative people. Steve, you are, you are a movie guy, um, writer, director. Yeah. What's your quick 10 second poor, uh, resume? Uh, a writer, director, producer on the independent side of things uh, for um, a lot of my own projects and uh, in the bigger sort of uh, unionized world of, of larger budget. Uh, film and television. Um, I'm an assistant director, so okay. handling a little bit more of the, the technical aspects and scheduling and organization. And a uh, long-time bartender. And a long-time bartender, yeah. Mm. Every time I think about it, I always think that I bartended for about 10 years. I actually don't think it was that long. I think it was more like seven or eight, but that's that's what I keep in my mind, and that's what I keep 10. telling just people. So if you can just edit yeah. that last part out and just say, 10 years, <laughs> that'd be great. Ten. Um, about about that though, like okay. at, at least nearly nearly a decade. Yeah. Okay. And and Trevor, um, what's your uh, non bartending resume? Wow. I guess creatively, yeah. I uh, I make beats. I write music. I write lyrics. I record people. I mix them. I master them. I develop artists. I suppose. Okay. All freelance. And I I remember you saying you you don't like to use anyone else's beats or anything well, you make your own I try not to like if I do this why not do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> right good yeah and bartender and bartender short time I think this is three or four years now three or four years now okay so do you do you usually like you, you make your own beats and then and then rap on them as well well like yeah usually an idea will come to me like while I'm doing it and right then, you know got the seed of a song in there and like, yeah um I guess one of the points I wanted to make is that if you look to at a long-term bartender you know, there's so many people who will bartend or serve to get put themselves through school. But once they kind of get that job, they drop out of bartending. You don't mm -hmm. see any accountants or any banker bartending at night. Yeah. Once they get their salary job, they're out. You know, and they kind of, that's the, a means to an end for them. Yeah. Well, I think like people see that as like the finish line, right? So they get there and they're like, okay, hey, we're done. This is what it is now. This is life now. For, for some reason, like I'm, I'm picturing the accountant or the banker that then bartends at night, and like none of his friends know about it. And for some <laughs> reason, it just like seems like some sort of superhero yeah, now. Where am I? Like, wait a minute, actually, that's right. Who bar. is that? They actually do have to Quick exist somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Who is that guy? Yeah, I think um, I recognize you. Don't yeah. you? No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, no, no. T four, please. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess you don't see that very often. Um, I, I, I mean, for a lot of people, I think bartending is, is kind of like a young person's game uh, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, staff to stay up late at night, um, really high energy. Burnout is, is a legitimate thing that can happen. But yet at the same time, like people who are going after, um, uh, you know, like a lot, of, a, a lot of performing arts, people will work in... Uh, as a as a bartender or as a server because of the flexibility of hours and it is something that you can sort of like it's a skill that you can gain that you can sort of drop out and come back to if you'd like to or you need to um and it can sort of fill in the gaps in between maybe some of the you know more artistic projects that you have well, those are definitely to. two things that like drew me to it mm -hmm. like the flexibility is definitely 
number one. Mm-hmm. Like, if you can work three or four nights a week and you have your days, you can get stuff done in, like, decent blocks of time. Yeah. Also, just, like, the idea of that being a skill that you can always come back to as yeah. well. Yeah. It's good. It, All it's, over the world, people drink good drinks everywhere. Yeah. And... and Okay. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I think the people who um, the the normies who go to school and get a job, yeah. they have a they have an endpoint. You know, four years, I'll get my degree, and then I'm out of this job. But yourselves, myself, I like I like to write. It doesn't have an endpoint. It's like whenever it whenever something happens, you know, and it, it's a continual thing. You're always yeah. you're always doing it. You're not. You're not going to say, once I do my album, I will make it on Easy Street, and then I'm done. I will, you know. There, there, there is no done. Like I was saying, with like the office job, there's the checkpoint, there's finish line. You're done. It's so vague in creative fields, right? Yeah. Like, you don't see the end of the path. Yeah. You yeah. see more paths going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I guess, I, I, like, I haven't bartended since, uh, since I uh, left Red Deer. I haven't had to yet. Luckily, work has has been plentiful enough that I've been able just to stay in the filmmaking aspect of things, which is great because I mean, like ideally that is where that's, that's where I live, want to live. That's where I want to stay. If I could just make a good living, uh, making films for the rest of my life, that was, that was always the goal even while I was bartending. Um, so just enough that you're comfortable. You don't have to totally. Worry, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, for, for me, like while, uh, while I really enjoyed bartending, uh, well, all those, <laughs> any I, other place on the floor, I know, we're, we're in my, we're in my basement and my kids are upstairs, uh, smashing things apparently <laughs> directly yeah. above us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was always the goal for me. I, I like, I had a great time bartending. Like I've never had more fun, uh, at, at any job besides the, the passion of, of filmmaking, of course, that's, that's, that's always number one for me, but bartending, uh, as, as a gig, as, as a day-to-day job was the, the most fun that I've ever had, but like by far, Agreed. by yeah. far. <laughs> there are some people like, um, Jackson who works at, uh, Elephant Castle down the road from us. He's a teacher and has been for many years and he still bartends twice a week. I do right? know of teachers having the bartender office jobs, not like, so much. Like you, like you haven't had enough of unruly, uh, people who will Well, that's won't how listen I see you. bartending. You are... In control, you're in charge of all these unruly children for you know two to three hours. You got to make sure they get home safe and stay hydrated. And yeah. <laughs> give them some snacks every once in a while and then send them on their way. Sit down. Don't hit that person, right? Johnny. Sit down. <laughs> and then you get your chance to like turn your back and complain about them a little bit, and you're back to it. Yes, it's exactly the same. So smack a, the, smack their knuckles with a ruler. It makes sense. The teachers are bartending. That's that's a that's a great way. That's a, that's a good analogy for bartending. It's like not only are you the host of the party, but you're also the babysitter for all of them. <laughs> yeah, big time. Hemingway said, "Write drunk, edit sober." Do you find your creative juices flow when you've had some drinks in you, and do you find a difference? Like, do you think that's bad? Because rock stars of the seventies, eighties, nineties were all on heroin. Uh, I remember, I think it was Scott Whelan said he he was afraid to get off heroin because he thought his creativity would go with him. You kind of get attached to it and like, well, that's why I'm writing these good songs. It's because I was hopped up. Can't do it sober. You know, when you're writing a script, when you're writing a song, are you under the influence of anything? I'm under the influence of anything often. <laughs> <laughs> but I find, yes, lean more on the Hemingway quote there. Like, it's less that I believe it all comes from that i just do that and then i feel more comfortable to be creative and catch the vibe easier 
Okay. But it is not the whole vibe itself. Right. It's it's definitely it's it's an adjustment in uh, perspective. I find, uh, which uh, you know has has its merits for sure. I mean, I I think you could really do it either way. It's just it's what it's whatever makes you more comfortable. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, being creative uh, on. Uh, like any kind of substance, as long as, of course, you're being safe about it. I wouldn't recommend smoking a bunch of crack or probably even doing heroin because yeah. those are very dangerous. However, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say that somebody is more or less creative uh, on no, it. I think if that puts you in a place where you are now, you don't have to worry about all this other shit going on. You're just like, oh, song came to me and you yeah. do it. it or whatever it is, you an idea, you write it, you draw it, whatever your art is. You can kind of think of it as, as like a tool. It's like you, you use it or you don't. It's uh, going back to uh, your point of uh, it's, um, sorry, I forget who you mentioned said that they were they were worried that they were gonna. Oh, I think it was Scott, Scott Wheeling. Right. So um, I, I think that that's like insecurity. I think comes along with being a, a creative person, being an artist anyway. And I I know yeah. so many like like very accomplished. Um, directors, cinematographers that I've worked with that have that same fear every single morning before they go on set. They're like, I don't like, I'm, I'm actually not sure if I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, no matter, no I'm matter a fraud. how good, no matter how accomplished you are. I mean, we were talking about Andy Weir, never wrote a book before, right? And yeah. before the Martian, um, and, and, you know, nails it out of the park, but I bet he still thinks to himself, like, I don't know, like that, that, that could have been a one-off. I don't really know. Yeah. Um, because as, you know, as, as an artist, you're sort of always exploring things anyway. So at least you should be, you know, you should, you should always be striving to, uh, tell a different story or see things from a different perspective or uh, challenge yourself as well, right? Yeah. And challenge your abilities. So I think inherently, regardless of whether you think that your creativity comes from a specific state of mind or or not, you're always going to have that insecurity. Regardless. You should. And you should, yeah. But like the moment you get to the point where, like, I know everything. I am as good at this as I'm going to get. Then you're not as good as you could be. Mm-hmm. You know? And you plateau there. Yeah, unless you're Kanye West. Like, well, he goes back and forth. <laughs> and, and how many? Don't are... don't like don't get me started. Kanye. How many? I will go all day. How many of those rappers, hip hop artists, do you think talk shit but are secretly, you know, super insecure? Yeah. Have you ever listened to Future? Well, <laughs> yeah. no problem. Like, once you learn to understand what he's saying, and you actually listen, he's got some pain behind those. Okay. Do you do you ever get insecure as a bartender? Oh yes. Thinking like, oh no, like, do, yeah. do I remember how to do this, or like, should I should I put this lavender in here? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because like I, uh, you know, I've been doing it twenty years, and I'm the old guy in Red Deer. The young people, like, because I've taught so many people, I've trained yeah. so many people. And people come to me for my my drinks. Yeah, like and the sensei like, of it. Right? So <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yes, but I don't get a head about it, a big head about it because I, I like if if there's a like a big name bartender from another town sits at my bar. Like, oh shit! Please don't order anything but a beer. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he's gonna. I'm a fraud. You're gonna find out. And you're like, what is this simple three drink ingredient cocktail? You loser. Hey man, um, simplicity though. As a creative person, you get so like muddled up with all this extra stuff. But simplicity, when you come back to it, it's the easiest and it's the best. Yeah. It's the reason classics are like that, right? Exactly. Try testing true. I, I completely agree. And I, there was a time where I got uh, away from that and thinking the, the uh, 
complexity was what mattered right in in drinks and cocktails but it really and i, I just go back to when it's good yeah. it's good like you've got your old-fashioned negroni those are you know two three ingredients and that's it you know but yeah. done like executed properly they are fantastic well when like, i when i was at to the lost we first opened i had a drink uh, on that menu I think it had nine ingredients, and everyone was pissed at me for making that one. But it was kind of like it was the, all the flowers, and everything everything was a, a flower ingredient. Um, and I just can't have it. I'm like, it needs it needs rose water, it needs it needs lavender, and just all this stuff like that. And it came out a pretty good drink, but I would never want to do that again because it was like, okay, well, it needs something more. It needs something more, and that's why I think like a I look at scientist mode. Just pouring beakers into the thing. Yeah. You know? Because I didn't have an end goal. Yeah. I didn't say, it's going to taste like this. Right. But like, I look at a masterpiece uh, painting in a museum, and I always think, when did they know they were done? Right. Like, because I would mess it up by like adding something else, you know? See, Van Gogh has this painting. I think it's called Patch of Grass. And it was originally like a portrait of a woman, and he had... It's like 150 layers, and he kept. Oh, it's not quite right. Do it. Do it again. Keep tweaking it, and then eventually he's just like, "Fuck it." Green paint slashed over the whole thing, and it's just like a bunch of green strokes. Really? Grass. And he was probably so mad at that. But now it's done. But now it's done. It's it's tough with. uh, I I mean, I I can I can totally totally sympathize with uh, with just like sort of free-flowing and just like adding things here and there and just kind of like and seeing where it goes i mean that's that's how i started writing uh was just sort of puking stuff out onto a page and just like this seems like a fun idea and just like go with this go with that but then when i started actually getting into the training of doing writing and learning how structure works and and uh really seeing how uh the 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 arc of a story um, is sort of universal and how there's different plot points that you need to hit at certain points in time. There's uh, different states that your character needs to be in uh, in order for your audience to experience that journey with them. And you can move those points around, right? It's kind of like a it's kind of like a puzzle that has that has um, uh, multi-sided teeth on it where they, it'll fit together in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but all of those points need to be there. You still need to have all the pieces of that puzzle, even though they can fit together in multiple ways. Um, so I, I kind of think about uh, about that when when you talk about making that drink. It's just like there's these things that I I I, I, I need to have in there, but there's no there's no rules to it, which is part freedom. Right, but then how do you know when it's done? How do you know when that's, to quit? And that, eventually, that's, that's you just kind of have to do it. it. You just got to stop. Yeah, you just got to stop and say, "That's it. I'm going to let it go." There goes my baby. Kill your darlings, and then you move on to the next yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no other way to do it, right? And then I and then I pull a patch of grass and I say, "Fuck it," and yeah. I add three ounces that's of lime juice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but like, exactly. No, but that that, that and, whole mindset yeah, carries over. Love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that whole mindset carries over because like. In making music especially, like, I started out just as, like, experimenting on my own, just playing around, seeing what happens, do this, do that, what can I make? And then I went and got professional training, and once you have that instructions, that rules, that template stuck in your mind, you kind of lose that, like, playful aspect of it, of just let's see what happens. That's right. And so, as crazy as it is, a nine-flower cocktail... Good for you, though. You got back to it. Fuck the rules. Right. You know? Just play that. So that, that kind of makes me think of, like, I have been writing, um, you know, I, I write, you know, 
little things, the short stories, and been working on this novel I've told you about yeah. for like three years yeah, now, yeah. and I'm like only 70 pages in. Mm-hmm. And then I think, okay. Can that be your thing, like, all through life? Is the novel done yet? Is it not? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Working on it. <laughs> I forget which movie it was, but it's like, oh, yeah, it's in the uh, the revision stage. Right, right now, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know all there is to know about um, s- structure. You know, I've, I've right. read thousands of books in my life. But they're all very different. And so part of me says, okay, well, should I like sign up for the Neil Gaiman's masterclass or, and like learn some shit? Or should I just go with it and just kind of use, well, not use, but well, write Neil what Gaiman, I want to write and write what falls out of my head. Well, did you know? Neil Gaiman sign up for masterclasses or did he just write his books? Well, that's, that's I don't know. You know, they all, like Stephen King, right, like, he was like a journalist, right? Or a teacher. Uh, you think about the legends, like they... Just kind of figured it out and they nailed it, right? But I, at what I point? Know at about what, that? At what point do you seek guidance? I mean, I, I think it's it's always worthwhile. I think to try to educate yourself in in uh, different methods and, and and techniques of of anything that you do. But then also like remember that there's a there's the reason to know the rules is to know how to properly break them. You know what I mean? I think that that's the that's the approach to have. But it's it's worthwhile to know what those rules are. So that you know how to properly break them, right? And I was just thinking about that because I, when I decided to make bartending my career, it was, okay, I either get a day job or I bartend. And when I decided to bartend, I decided, okay, I'm going to be the best that I could possibly be. So I did all the courses, I did all the research and like all these books, I've read all those books on how to do what, but there are some that are so technical that I will never use. Mm-hmm. And there are some that, okay, I get, I get what you're doing there, but I can't do that in Red Deer, Alberta. So, um, I'm not going to. Right. So if I read something on, on how to write a book, I'm like, okay, I understand why you're doing that, but that doesn't fit for my book or, you know, like if you were to take, I was going to ask you, I saw an ad on Instagram for Ron Howard's directing masterclass, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. if you, you, you took that and you kind of say, well, yeah, my, my, my movies are not like his. So, but I'll take snippets of his wisdom and apply it to my way of doing things. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's, that's kind of what I mean. Like, I think it's, it's great to see how other artists do their, their own thing, because then you can, being an artist and being a creative person, you're always going to be stealing ideas from other well, people. That's part of the nature of what original. you do, you right? You take in Absolutely. from other people and then you put back out and other you, people you, take you that in it and it's, you bring it in, you manipulate it a yep. little bit, put it back out there a little bit different. Somebody right. else does the same thing. That's, that's evolution. That's how evolution works. Exactly. That's right. Thank and you. In, there is no, because I, I believe there's no such thing as an original thought. Someone, Definitely someone, not today. Someone said, <laughs> one of my favorite tweets ever was, You've never sounded older, Trevor. <laughs> not today. <laughs> not these kids running I around. I feel old. <laughs> These kids, uh, <laughs> IDing people at the bar, being like, 2000, go home." Yeah. <laughs> no, go like home. I, 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 <laughs> uh, I do it all the time. Yeah. I do it all the time. <laughs> oh, you were uh, you were in diapers when I was bartending yeah. my first job. Cool, um, cool, cool, cool. cool. Well, I, I forget who it was, but my my favorite tweet says, uh, "Never Google a good idea," because it's like. Oh, I've got this great idea. Oh, it's going to well, be great. Oh, a million people already thought of it. That's the but, thing, though. Like, it's... I've heard this, like, theory that, like, all ideas, like, you know, like, single consciousness, whatever, and we're just receivers. And you tune in, and it comes down, like... And maybe you got that idea, but, like, look how many patents have been filed, like, months apart from each other in completely different parts of the world that are, like, the same technology. Right. Or people, like, 
Charles Darwin and some other guy who nobody's nobody remembers his name had the same theory at the same time. But Charles Darwin got his book published a couple months earlier. Yeah, we certainly. remember him. Yeah, and Philo Farnsworth, who made the uh, television, but Ed Thomas Edison got the. Was it Thomas Edison? I think it was Edison. Yeah. Yeah, and because uh, I remember there's a part on Sports Night, uh, Aaron Sorkin's show, where uh, talking about Philo Farnsworth. Yeah. He's the guy that made this. Edison's but Edison did the same time, but he had the money, so he got the, he had the money. He got the patent yeah. exactly. Yeah. Rubbing shoulders with the right people, like. Back when it was DC versus AC and Edison was killing elephants in the streets mm-hmm. to like prove that Tesla was nuts and dangerous, but doing this, he discredited him enough that he got a massive contract from the U.S. government when they started installing power grids that they're going to use Edison's method mm-hmm. for the entire country. And that, that was just business, right? Edis, just Ed, business. Edison was the businessman. And, and Tesla, I mean, Tesla was sort of like, this is a gift for the world. Right. He had more of that mentality. Right? Like, and this is cool, this is progress, this the, is... The good guys don't always Just win. ideas <laughs> and seeing how great they could be, versus, here's this, monetize. And then, <laughs> yeah, we have uh, the um, the penicillin guy. No, the insulin guy. Whoever did it. Uh, <laughs> not a science guy. Sold the patent for insulin for a dollar. Right. Um, Essentially giving it away. Giving it away. Right. But then you have people like Martin Shkreli, who gets an EpiPen and charges $1,000 per. You know, it's like, it's going to, it always starts out like, here, information for the world. Yeah. But then the, the slimy Edisons of the world take it over somebody and always, make money. Somebody always does that. Yeah. We just got to keep keep going, Musk. Get, yeah. Get right? And <laughs> that's on, the buddy. thing. Like, <laughs> Come on, buddy. Like, anytime that Starlink I try up, and, we need free internet. Uh, that is Canada. my number one thing. Uh, free internet. I try and tell somebody, like, yo, Elon Musk, like, this guy is crazy. And they're like, yeah, but like his company stock just went down. Like, but that doesn't matter. That's some made up bullshit. It fluctuates. Yeah. It's actually like, never, let's been, just never see been stronger than what it is kind right of now. wild shit he comes up with if we let him. The stock market let's see is. What happens. Yeah, it's the astrology of the financial Wait, world. Wait, hundred percent is Anything. like bullshit. It is bullshit. And if someone wants to, like, he's not. I don't know. He's not a Mister Burns. Like, he's. Have you heard his new single? Yes, Elon Musk put out a single. A, a, a music, like a music his, girl, his girlfriend helped him a music song she definitely inspired him it sounds like a grime song for oh, sure really? it's weird his girlfriend and is washy like... and like all pop and I'm not even going to edit out that silence I'm like oh my god really no yeah. that's that's a that's a pause you need well yeah. you know? so the man can do wow. anything if we give him the freedom sure yeah no and right. he wants to help people. He wants to build things to help people, uh, the environment and free internet. Right. And like he has those common sense thoughts that it's like, this is so simple. How are we not doing and this? Think, I mean, why talk, can't we? Talk, right? talk about creativity, right? And he, it's, it's like he's, the idea is, I mean, to send a rocket to space and then have it come back down and be able to land it. That, to yeah. be able to save the, the money, right? And to Recycling. Be able to, it's like, that's a, that's a Yo, very that I feel is why I got this most recent bartending job. Like literally top line on my resume is like uh, special skills. I recycle, <laughs> like big bold font on my resume. It's an important thing. It is an important thing in these days and age. This day and age. Yeah. Where's your recycling bin actually? Speaking uh, of I've got a bag right here. Um, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's uh, that's that's the cool thing is that these uh, these these innovations only come from thinking creatively and not being afraid to fail so many times uh, before and not you worrying succeed. about the current way of doing it and the right. current structure. Also, being crazy crazy rich really helps with that. Really <laughs> helps. That's, really that, helps. That's the freedom, right? Like I think about that a lot. Like 
if I have a couple seriously good nights bartending in a row, I'm like, man, I could take this whole week off and just get in the zone. Mm-hmm. Just do you ever do that? Get super stoned, get some headphones on, and just play around on a synthesizer yeah, for yeah. a full like week. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you ever done it? Take uh, like yeah. you got enough tips to take take a week off and be like, I'm just gonna get. In the I zone? actually last last summer I went up to the Northwest Territories for a week and a half, just like specifically went up there, like brought, cabin in the woods style. Not quite. I, I was in Hay River. It was a town, but it was a super small town. Like we drove around the whole thing in ten minutes, every single street. <laughs> um, is but you, it's you, beautiful you, up you there. But yeah, no, so, as like a retreat. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I was like, I just like, I mean, I'm a red deer. Like red deer suffocates me creatively. Sometimes it can happen. Uh, so mm-hmm. I was like, I need out. I've never been north of sixty. Let's go see what the Arctic's like. I have a buddy that lives up there. He let me stay at his place and got me hooked on this Filipino coffee, instant coffee drink. Copico, you ever had it? No. I feel like I've heard of it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I took all my gear, my speakers, my computer, my interface, skip, keyboard, everything. Go up north, 10 days, lock myself in, record a bunch of stuff, just make a bunch of music, and just... It took a few days before I was really, like, in the zone, because you gotta, like, shake off the red deer. It, it clings to you. <laughs> like the scent of a restaurant. Oh, like you just clothes. swam through an algae-filled pond. You're just covered in red sand. Yeah, just like... For real, though. The, I, that's the dream, though. It'd be... The, the pressures of life with bills and, and uh, dependents and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and to keep, to keep a job. It's, where, the, where, it's the worries. Where I would just love to just go to a cabin and just write for a month. That's I kind think, of the like, dream, that's right? Why, that's yeah. why people buy lottery tickets. Oh, yes. Why like, it's five bucks a week. You could have a shitload of money if you save your five bucks a week. But there's that chance that eventually you could just, hey, let's just sit on our ass starting tomorrow forever and do whatever we want when we want to mm-hmm. without having to worry about anything. Does that mean you need money to be creative? Because we're just saying it helps to have a shitload of money. Location dependent, you know. Yeah. Here, yes. Vancouver, triple yes. Yeah. Like... You need three jobs to be able to afford I mean, to that's, be that's, creative. That's for living, and then though, that does, right? No. That's just, like just to live, and then that doesn't really give you the time to be a creative. That's the that's that's the struggle. Like, no, you don't need any money to be creative. In fact, some of the best creative vibes that you're going to get are when you're desperate and you have nothing. Like, um, for example, like uh, I was the the last movie that I was working on was Ghostbusters, which ended about mid October. Um, and, really? uh, and that's yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was, it was, it was, it was super neat. That's like a childhood dream of mine. That was filmed in Calgary. Yeah. yeah the yeah. whole thing is filmed in Calgary. The new Ghostbusters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's in the new Ghostbusters? Um, is this the female director? one? It's talking about? no, 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 no. There, it's, it's actually, uh, what, what I can say, I'm not really sure what I can say. Yo, I, oh, okay. I think but I've actually heard something about this. It what, is like what a, I can, yeah. what I can say it's is that thing. it is, it is, it is in Canon from the original two movies. Um, and there's like Finn Wolfhard, uh, of, uh, Stranger Things uh, fame. Um, he's he's one of the cast members in it as well as uh, Carrie Coon. What a name! Um, I'm just about to yeah. say. Uh, oh man! Yes. But like, of course you would. But it's, uh, <laughs> so it's it's uh, that 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 is that is what I will tell you is that it is, it is from the original canon. Cool. Yeah, and, and the, the the script was was really great. I'm I'm, I'm very excited uh, for how it's going to turn out. We filmed some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And punk. what were you, you were AD on that? I was, yeah, I was the onset third assistant director. Okay. Yeah. So basically just, uh, kind of the right hand of the first AD 
helping to run the set. I'm okay. just picturing like running day to day operations happen. <laughs> like people on a movie set, do this, oh, yeah. and then pop open another guy, go delegate some other shit. He pops open, and some more minions come out. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once it goes into post production, are you done? Uh, certainly, yeah. yeah. So that's as uh, as as ads were um, uh, were heavily involved in the in the prep process because we. Um, we run the meetings and uh, communicate what is uh, required uh, from a technical standpoint to all of the various departments, as well as we um, uh, schedule the whole thing, uh, including the, the, the pre-production, the prep days, um, and uh, all of the shoot days as well, wow. um, and ensure that all of the pieces are there uh, that we need to, um, uh, to, to make the, the director's creative vision come to life. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, ads um, pre-production heavy, uh, production heavy, 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 um, and then once it goes into post, that's all uh, for creative minds and, and and editors and visual effects people. Yeah, very excited. I forget what I was saying. Right. So um, that ended in in October, and while I've had uh, um, you know a couple smaller gigs in between now uh, and and then. Um, it's like, I haven't had any full-time work, so I'm going on like four months without like full-time work Is there right now. any full-time so, work in creative fields? Um, well, that's, no, <laughs> not really. And you have to sort of be your own engine. So while I haven't had full-time work, uh, this is the time where it's like, I kind of, you know, I got to tighten up budget. I got to, um, basically I have less money, but I have more time. So like now is sort of the moment where it's like this is when I should be creative, right? That's kind of ideal. Is that when we work in film, we go like sixteen hours a day pretty regularly. So we go really hard for like five months. You're working like you know between seventy and ninety hour weeks um, uh, for five months, and it's like it's it's, it's a lot, right? You you get pretty burnt out. But you try to take a little bit of time off in between because uh, it's kind of ironic. While I'm working on a film like that, I don't have time to do anything creative or do do my own projects so I need to set aside time uh, you know save some money uh, and set aside some time where I can uh, where I can do that stuff so I, I mentioned that I've been working on the book for you know three years or so for you doing um, you you just you you're working on your own script yeah uh, um, when you do your own thing does it take a long couple years time because you just said you don't have you have five months where you don't have any time, but then you have four months of you know that's not scheduled. But right. I mean that you have your own time to do your own thing. Do you do you manage to complete projects? Um, honestly, rarely. <laughs> rarely. Don't, don't ask me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I don't think I don't think that's uh, the fault of really anyone but myself. Um, uh, I, I I think that um, I spend a lot of time developing things. This is actually part of what my point was before that I don't think I finished off. Once I learned how structure worked in stories, it actually sort of ended up sort of preventing my creative flow a little bit because I wasn't just free flowing and, and just like writing exactly. stuff, writing anything that comes to my mind, which is a really lovely space to be in as a creator. But uh, you, you don't often, it can be a little, uh, you go off on tangents. You can, it can be a lot of extraneous oh, stuff that comes along, right? So it's like having structure in mind is great for sort of having a little mind map of where you want your story to go and the things that need to happen. So it's kind of a happy medium between that free flow creative state and also having like a goal in mind. You sort of want to have a happy middle well, see, in like, that. I, this is why I would love to have just like an assistant that could handle all this other shit that pulls me out of the zone. 
You know? Like, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of distractions. All when, those little things. When you win that lottery, you can hire that assistant. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that's... Because, like, there's always side projects. Yeah. You're always sure. working on something. Mm. And then you could be 90% of the way through it, and another idea comes to you. And the creative in you is like, go chase that butterfly. Go follow that idea. See where it goes. Because it could be the coolest thing that's ever happened. Right. But then that little voice inside you is like, you're almost done this other shit. Just do it. Just <laughs> Get it done. Get yeah, it out. Definitely. You like, got to be kind of disciplined. You do not want to look at my hard drive. There's <laughs> like a thousand songs that are ready to go. And I'm just like, oh, man, but the next album. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why. You know, uh, what I, I hope you will live a long and prosperous life. Oh, but I, if you die, you can have 10 posthumous albums. Yeah. Tupac stuff. I yeah. literally, it's not notarized or anything, but I have a letter written uh, in the unfortunate situation that i die the contents of my hard drive have been properly allocated nice to be dealt with yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the more you speak it, I know, it sounded creepy the as more shit, i'm getting it, convinced we're not talking about music here no it, it sounded creepy it sounded creepy as hell all the porn's in the cloud don't worry about that it's yeah. not on actually it. don't keep that it, i don't keep it local it's in the cloud so yeah. i have access to it anywhere yeah, i don't want to lock it into my own hard drive these days, like, don't get me started but like that's it's taken care of. It's ready. And mm. honestly, they would put out my music faster than I do. <laughs> they might even perfect it. You know, like Otis Redding that was sitting on the dock of the bay and he died halfway through that and, and then they just kind of, they finished it well, for shit, him. Yeah. Like Carrie Fisher, like praising her performance in the new Star Wars and she, like, she died during the movie and the mm. rest is like a hologram. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a weird thing, right? Like, that's a, that's a weird area where, like, are you allowed to use somebody's likeness? I remember that. I think the first time I remember that coming up was when do, Tupac's... And if you do, does their estate have any claim on it? Well, I, I think it definitely should. Like, on, it definitely should. Like, but it's like, Carrie are, are you even allowed to speak? Goes to Carrie Fisher's money? Yeah. Are you even allowed to robot? speak for the artist, though, right? Like, is the you can't ask that person if they want to... If their performance is going to be that way, or if they want to, uh, you know, dance on stage at Coachella, yeah, uh, you know, via the uh, the Tupac's uh, projection or oh, hologram, totally. it's it's a it's a weird area. It's like how like does anybody have a right to speak for this person who is now dead, you know, and and get their permission to use their likeness? Well, that's the thing. Or, like, a, a few... I guess they if they sign off on it ahead of time, but that doesn't happen uh, in a lot of these cases, so. I guess it goes to the estate. Well, this the like the estate of Bob Marley, you yeah. know, like like how rich they are now. I think of like Jeff Buckley and his mom has the estate and she still runs things and he he died over, you know, 25 years ago and and all these these estates. Look at Elvis. I mean, I guess there's that side of oh, it too. Yeah. It's like they're dead. <laughs> yeah. It no. doesn't matter really what they think. No. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. like a, a few years ago like somebody I don't, I don't like, back back when Prince still existed, like hip hop artist would sample prints and if like it was dope like he would approve the sample like fuck it that's cool make it but i feel like now like i haven't heard any print samples in a minute because i feel like if somebody made a chart topper with a print sample like his people would come after them whereas prince where he's still here might not he might just like cool dope song and you just don't know if they didn't agree with their likeness being used they would haunt people more their ghosts would be oh, more prevalent. Yes, they would. Yes. And so, is that a bad thing? Imagine an actual ghost confronting a hologram on stage <laughs> at Coachella. A ghost and a hologram? Like, like a real ghost 
fighting the hologram that the label Ghost, put together. Ghost versus hologram <laughs> is a great name for your next podcast. <laughs> Ghost versus hologram. Also, <laughs> or like Prince can haunt me any time. Fifty grand. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah a, a Prince haunting would be. He doesn't. He doesn't have it in him. He couldn't be like he. He would just. No, he just. Yeah. He would. He would just come through your fingers and uh, on the piano. Totally. And you just. Where is this coming from? You pick up a guitar. You'd be given tasty licks. Every yes. everything <laughs> you did would just be a little bit cooler. And I want someone about that. Someone really cool to just admit that. Like this isn't actually me. It's the yeah. ghost of someone really cool haunting mm -hmm. me. I'm coming through. Oh, that would, that would be a strange artist to come across. Oh. Somebody who just claims that they're the uh, possessed by the ghost of another artist, yet they're actually legitimately great in creating their own original stuff. Woo! They're actually just that would be. Yeah, this isn't really messed up. Yeah, just so um, modest. They're like this is actually not me. This is someone possessing me possessing? right now. Yeah. This, I have no this, talent. Is this a movie script coming <laughs> <Yeah>. together? <laughs> you need no something else to write forever? It's like <laughs> Freaky Friday style? I, I don't really know. <laughs> and then they lose it, so then all of a sudden they're like finding their, their next artist that they're like trying to kill so that they can become a ghost and then possess them. Becomes a weird like stalker story. Okay, no, this is definitely oh. becoming a script. <laughs> yeah, so they, they find out that the, the, the ghost is gone. We're recording this. And then they go to perform and they're like... And then they like, oh shit, ghost is gone. No, but the I crowd goes it. wild because that was <laughs> Oh, it's avant-garde. Yeah, that was genius. And Game changer. Because, because this is the story that they've been pushing now. <laughs> Even though they've lost their talent, everybody still just eats up whatever it is that they're doing. And they feel the despair of an artist, that imposter syndrome. You know, yeah, like, like I, I was making good music and it's not me, of, and now I'm levels. not, and they think it's better than before. Oh, yeah, and you're like trapped. <laughs> oh man, I was the artist all along. <laughs> this is a movie for sure. I was just gonna say, I feel like we, we haven't really been talking about bartending that much. No, but we <laughs> have all the ingredients to make a movie here. We do. Script writers, directors, That's right? I can score. <laughs> yeah, okay, we, we could do the the, a bar, a bartender who gets haunted by the ghost of Jerry Thomas, yes, and <laughs> comes alive and brings black blue blazers and, <laughs> and fancy mustaches. Yes, and that already happened. But. Okay, so yeah, bar, back to bartending. Since you want to ruin everything and talk about bartending, okay, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, you know, first off, <laughs> what what are we sipping on? Yeah, what are we sipping on? This okay. happened. You did a thing. Yeah, that that was like a good ten minutes ago ish. Yeah, we we got to talk. We were well, we got it. to talking. Um, the last episodes we tasted things. Yeah, that's right. We don't need to taste anything right now, and I think we're we don't need to interrupt to taste things. But I. Um, like we could. I don't want to. It's like around noon. I don't want to force bourbon in your face. Oh well, unless you want to. Don't worry but, about it. But I, 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 I like to bottle Negronis. Bourbon. Pretty much when I'm at home, I just make a Negroni because it's easy. But it was Simple, too hard for me, so I, I, if I get a new bo bottle of gin, I split it into thirds and get um, Campari and Sweet Vermouth, and I make three bottles of bottled Negroni. Smart. You know what's funny is that like I, I've I've heard you mention Negroni so many times that I, I could I could I could tell before even having this conversation that it was one of your go tos. Um, I've never I, I'm not a big Campari fan. I don't really like Negronis. I'm actually I I don't really drink gin in general. Okay. Um, out, bro. Well, <laughs> totally. And and I'm sitting here sipping on this, and I'm like, now all of a sudden I'm curious why I haven't really. 
Why didn't I like it before? Because I'm I'm really enjoying it right now. Maybe, yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe because I didn't tell you, or maybe it's, <laughs> yeah. How come this tastes like garbage now? <laughs> yeah. um, I like a bottled. So these are all bottles of Negroni. The, like, are they the are, are they all made? like different blends, different recipes? Yeah, this one was is from 2014. Okay. Um, this is Campari Martini Rosso, uh, which a friend brought back from Italy, and then Aviation Gin. So this is like this one's yeah, botanist marking, gin. marking your height on the wall. Yeah. yeah, like the Negronis through the years. That's good. I, it was initially to see what bottle aging does, mm. and it really smooths it out. Nice. Um, maybe, maybe that's what I'm enjoying. And it also maybe. saves time when you want to drink when you get home and you're lazy. I just splash it over the rocks you're and like, there you go. Oh, stirring yeah. too hard. Pouring easy. Easy. It's like cracking a beer. Yeah. So that's I just thought we can do a bourbon in a minute here. Yeah. But that kind of reminds me. You said you don't like gin. I got a message. I was messaging a friend uh, I haven't seen in a long time, but he said, "Yeah, he and he's not a bartender. He said he worked in a restaurant 20 years ago when he was going to college." But he said, uh, I, I've been listening to your podcast. I've actually learned some things. It's really cool. Maybe we could have a cocktail one time. It's like, heads up, I, I, I don't like gin. Okay, cool. When somebody says they don't like something to me, I am immediately like challenge accepted. Yeah. Totally. And, and yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Hit me with your best shot, boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I actually had, I had some lady, uh, she's a, um, a regular and, and she gets... Nice way to put it. She gets fun sometimes. <laughs> um, and she'll yell across the bar. Yeah. And <laughs> Team Park makes the dream work, baby. <laughs> One time she yelled, what's in this? And I'm like, that's uh, blah, 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 gin, blah, blah, blah. No, oh, I don't like gin. I'm like, you've been drinking them all night. You love gin. And <laughs> yeah. it got you, you really drunk. That you love like, gin. Yeah. But it, when... <laughs> It's used correctly in a way that works for that person. Right. Right? Like, not a lot of people are going to do just an ounce of gin neat. I and think... be like, mm, I love just eating the forest. This mm. is the best thing of my life. No. <laughs> like, some of us do. And they say, like, uh, a tendency to enjoy bitter, weird flavors mm. is, like, an indicator of, you know, sociopathy. Well, it's, yeah, it is supposed to trigger your brain they to say, say this is poison. But I think there's so many people's yeah bitter bitterness is a, it's a evolutionary thing like if anything bitter in the wild says don't poison. eat this it's poison oh but all the bitter things are so good have you ever had black coffee <laughs> 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 that look for those of you listening <laughs> Trevor just blasted me with a quick head turn and dagger eyes there. That was very, very good. Steve, what? have you ever? <laughs> but like, no, back I, to an earlier point. Yes. Simplicity. That's right. Yeah. I, I mentioned, I probably mentioned every on every episode, maybe, I don't know. People say they don't like something is because they've had a bad experience with it. Um, yeah. uh, Honestly, people say, I like, if you took a shot of vodka, you would not like it. But everyone loves a vodka drink, you know, because it's whatever it's mixed with. It's and an it brings alcoholic everything whatever out. you're drinking. But I also believe it's because... When you, so I took the Bar Smarts course online and that gave me the most education of Have you both drinks. been like actually educated in bartending? Not, not me, no. It's, the only time that I ever came into making cocktails was uh, like I started bartending uh, at the Totem Turtle here in Red Deer and that was really more drink slinging than it was bartending. Like there was no cocktails going on and it hadn't, it hadn't erupted really in Alberta, definitely not in Red Deer yet. 
but uh, I, I went to BC to visit some friends in, in Vancouver and went to a bar. It was called the Winking Judge, I think. Oh, and, and okay. I saw and yep. I and I saw and yep. I saw a dude making a, an old fashioned there, and I was just like, "What in the living fuck is he doing? Like, what yeah. what's going on here? I didn't know this was like a thing. He's burning an orange, and he's he's doing all these things that I'd never seen before and hadn't even considered. And then I, I and then I became obsessed with that drink in particular and realized that that was something that that's what bartending well, could be. Like, but, and I was enamored before by it. you it know much amazing. about that. Like right. all you do, like if you go into a bar, you're 18, you don't know cocktails. You don't know any of this. You come in, you order what you know. What do you know? Captain Morgan spice and Coke or mm-hmm. a beer that, you know, mm-hmm. right. Like, you're probably not going to get draft. If you're just coming in, you're just going to get a bottle that, you know, right. right. Give me a Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I forgot where I was going with that. That's okay. You know, that happens. Yeah, we're going that somewhere. Happens. So you're talking about, about bartending in, uh, you know, learning new things and what to do with cocktails. I went to the Art of the Cocktail conference in Victoria. I think this is like 2014. There was a guy from, his name's Oron Lerner. He's from Tel Aviv. That's not a real name. Spell it. He's from, he's Israeli. <laughs> Oron? Oron. O-R-O-N. I love it. That's an awesome. <laughs> I name. love it. That is an awesome. That name. sounds so like fantasy. You know, <laughs> it does like, a, like an elf kid. <laughs> yeah, <I don't> <laughs> so he did. He did a whole uh, seminar on the creative process of bartending, and I still have my notes from it. And um, he says that someone did the research, but there's a certain time in a career where you learn creativity. He says poets five years. It takes five. If you want to be a poet, you'd have to slog out five years of just writing shit and doing shit until you actually get your creativity going painters six years chess players and composers is 10 years mm. bartenders five to six years so if you just show up and you're a, like a year in you're like okay i'm ready and you're making all these things and you're starting your okay i've, I've come up with something you know it's it's most likely something you've heard you know because every every bartender i trained you know, takes a last word and switches something, and like it's usually Maraschino for Saint Germain, and poof, look what I've oh, made. Yeah, really like, creativity. Yeah. You take something from out there, bring it in, manipulate it a little bit, put your spin on it. Yeah, well, your perspective on it, your take, and put it back out there. Which is what most cocktails are. You know, everything. There's a fan. There's the families. There's the sours, and there's the you know the old fashioned style stirred. Um, you know, a Manhattan is just. An old fashioned, but like within with, those categories, there's infinite mutation and evolution and manipulability. Whatever that's that supposed to be. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a beat out of that's that. That's good. <laughs> totally. We got it recorded. That's good. Yeah, are we recording? <laughs> I hope we got that. <laughs> I also thought here. that you were going to say, uh, you know, like music 10 years, bartending not, two weeks. Are you not plugged in? You're that confident? You don't plug your laptop in? 71%? No, dude. I actually noticed that before Gladys dies. Like, if I start it up before it's plugged in, like, it will die before I get the cord to the charger port. Oh, well, that's that. My she, com- she, she's a 2009. I was yeah, going to say, I was going to say my computer is like She a, is a retiree an, an that still say. has to work. Good. Because she bartended and did creative shit her whole life totally. and now doesn't have savings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah good luck <laughs> passing on that hard drive. Well, the hard drive is fine. All the important it's everything else. The, cloud. the screen doesn't work. The battery's fucked. The processor's screwed. One of my RAM slots isn't working, but the hard drive is backed up. I think your RAM slot's one of those. Uh, uh, um, <laughs> you talking about Oron? 
Oh yeah, so yeah, we're talking Oron. about Oron. <laughs> and he so Big he's talking about creativity. And there's a certain time where you can be you, you, creative creativity comes to you. You know, it's you, it, creativity is a learned thing. Yeah. So you'd be hard pressed to find a bartender who is a year in and comes up with an instant classic, you know? Cuz you have to know, I guess it's pertaining to books or movies, you have to know what the breakdown is and how how they're pretty much made you know same with a cocktail you need to know the basic fundamentals of a cocktail what, what makes it so we said way. earlier you have to know the rules before you can break them right yes exactly absolutely so that is switching nice way back segue or it's good back to segue. you said you don't like campari um i see you poured it out of a campari bottle that is straight campari that is straight campari okay. that's not a lie this is an a so oh, buckle up steve buckle up this might help some uh, um my friend jay who says he does not like gin um when i took the bar smarts course barsmarts.com is the best education resource for bartenders mm. because it's very thorough oh, have you ever watched bar rescue though Oh, well, that's all you need is a butt funnel. That's good. Um, So they show you how to taste. And I didn't know. I was 10 years in when I learned how to taste. I've been drinking things for years. I got this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you shoot it fast. You know, you don't actually, there's there's a science to it. So we're we're going to partake in this. Take your your campari. Teach me sensei. So first of all, the scent, the aroma, right? I think like I instinctively do with... that no matter what. I put something to my face, and before mm. it goes to my mouth, I smell it just to make sure. It's not like, poop. is that an animal <laughs> instinct? Yeah, like this. Is this poop? Is this poison? <laughs> Lizard brain kicking in. Will this kill me? No. Well, you taste put with your in. eyes. <laughs> you taste with your eyes first, your nose second, your oh, mouth third. Definitely mm. eyes. So I you, yeah, that. I was you gotta say, say, is this all on the fire? Senses, and I didn't consider eyes, but definitely like how something's presented is 90% of your experience. Yeah, that's why garnish and presentation are so key on a cocktail. That drizzle on the plate. Yeah. That's everything. That's why this, they, food, chefs like to stack food. Stacked food See, looks better like than the girls, spread out the, food. The girls at work will get mad at me because they're like, it, you're taking too long. The other guys are faster. I'm like, but you got the most beautiful garnish. <laughs> like, you're going to put that down on the table and it's going to be a jaw dropper. Like, I always Trim find the prettiest, that garnish. prettiest little leaves and I like, 45 make sure they're all spread out. Like, I, you know, I prep them. I groom my garnish before yeah. it goes on a glass. So it is presented well because the better it's presented, the better it's going to taste. Do you want an Elon Musk single or right? a Spacey like, single? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, no disrespect to Elon Musk, but I do make better songs. <laughs> he just has the freedom, thanks to the billions, and the platform, thanks to his multi-platinum selling girlfriend, to get his music heard more than mine. I can't say. I haven't heard it. I'm Don't, not bitter, uh, though. I know Elon's listening. <laughs> doesn't matter, speaking though. Of bitter, um, speaking of bitter. Yeah, speaking of bitter. Nice. Smelling, right? Yeah. Smelling it. You can almost smell a bit of bitterness. It's, uh, it's tame. Famous for its orange, it's very, bitter orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very aromatic. It's, it's. I'm getting sweeter more than bitter. Yeah. In the smell, sweetheart, you. So when you taste, the best way to do it is to not just sip it and go over the, the middle of your tongue and back to the throat. Tell me a swish. So yes, two times. First time you've got it. This is more more uh, the key to tasting with gin or uh, rum or any kind of spirit okay, because it's more hot. So coat the mouth. <laughs> because you've got uh, beer on your tongue, and you, and you know, I, do. I don't. Should know. I, so, can I rinse with water, maybe a little? Sure, yeah, do it. This is more of an antiseptic. You know, it's going to 
kill any flavor. So what you want to do is you want to slowly pour it over your tongue and it gets into the back of your throat and then jowls. Should we be into the jowls, the jowls the inside already. the teeth, you yeah. know? Yeah. So do everything but switch. Word. Okay, so you take a sip. Use your tongue to kind of push it to the roof of the mouth, around, yeah, get it around right. your cheeks. A nice even coat. And then you swallow. Get it or you can spit it out, whatever you want. But we don't spit it out. Thanks. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're avoiding it. It's, it's, you know. Okay. Am I in like the Twilight Zone? Because that tasted pretty delicious. I, had, I wasn't going to say. I always yes. purely like really didn't like this before, and it wasn't because I had an aversion because like I got wasted on it one time and I can't drink it anymore or anything like that. No, but nobody like, as a teenager like has a bitter. story where they got too drunk off Campari <laughs> and they don't drink it anymore. Yeah, what? <laughs> Were you from New York? From a rich family? Like, what? Yeah. They got wasted on Campari. It was days. red. It looked cool. <laughs> those, those Hamptons bush parties. Um, but that so, was but really the, good. But now the key is because that, that, that first sip is killing all the flavors that are lingering. Now you've got a Campari base You're in your mouth. Baseline, right? Now you can taste this, pour some in your mouth and kind of breathe, like not too much. So pour okay. some in your mouth and then breathe in through your mouth. Okay. Breathe in. Breathe in. That, oh, that, that's breathe an in whistle. In. I can in whistle, you know. <laughs> breathe in through your mouth and nose because the olfactory through your nose really helps. Like so I'm try to joke on this. Okay. I can find. you guys do nose and mouth at the same time? I'm yeah. pretty sure I can. I think I just discovered that. that that's really? impossible. I feel like I, yeah. it keeps like it's switching. Like it's a constant flip. I guess I can. Nose, mouth, nose, mouth. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Mm. But this like is, I get what you're thanks. saying. Yeah. Like, so, the, the first one is Campari plus whatever we just had. This one is Campari. Wow. Campari. So if you're at home and you want to try gin or whiskey, you know the best way to do it is that the two... Swish taste. One to kill everything, to start with a clean, clean palate, yeah. literally, and then the second to actually find the flavors and the you know, notes. Because especially with gin, you're going to find so many oh, more flavors. You, you are than assaulted with flavor immediately. And, and it's if not you're just not, If you're not a gin person, you don't know how to work your way through that information coming at you. Right. And because the, the rule about gin is it has to contain juniper. It has to. But no, there's no minimum. Literally, you can make a big vessel of gin and throw a handful of juniper in, and that's it. But it has there's no minimum like like bourbon, fifty one percent corn at least. But that's why all these new craft gins, the New World gins or New American gins, have so many different flavors. Because um, they just take whatever's growing in their area, yeah. plus some juniper. This is our gin, like it's locally mutated it is evolution right yeah i've got you know, I've, like a species doing this here is influenced by its environment whereas this species will be influenced differently because of its environment yeah my friend uh who lives in shanghai brought me this uh uh shanghai craft gin and it has the ingredients on here angelica juniper obviously but east asian mint buddha's hands szechuan peppers well, east asia has their own mint like, anyways, lotus flower. Seth, I don't know what you've done to me here. Like this is, I, I like, I'm gonna have to go and have a Negroni now. Like, so I, 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 in my mind, like, it's just always been locked in my mind that I don't like Campari, and you just, you just changed that. Right. Because those rules. this was delicious, but there's something about no, but it like, that I didn't like. We all love pasta. Have you ever eaten just garlic, like a clove of garlic? <laughs> Let me tell you, because <laughs> what scenario have you been in that you have <laughs> with it? Like, 
And this is recent. Like, this is 2020. <laughs> I was drunk. Let's try out that garlic oh. real quick. I was under the nug. influence. And I was feeling confident. And I was like, I can eat a whole clove of garlic. How did that go? It was a lot spicier than I did expected. Did you chew like, it? I, yeah. I immediately I like put a it in. Suck on I it like a mint. I... <laughs> I obliterated it. I chewed it to, sh- to fucking smithereens, and then it was all over my mouth. That's great. And immediately, I was like, I bit off more than I can chew, you know? Um, <laughs> it was spicy, like spicy, spicy, which mm. I was like, like I've tasted garlic. Like, we like, hot, garlic it was like a hot No, spicy? like it was a hot spicy. Really? Like, okay. You know, like huh. mint so can be a cold spicy. Kind of like a wasabi Garlic thing? was a hot spicy. It not really wasabi. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of wasabi, because okay. it's like... It's spicy, maybe but you should like try with a bad it, flavor. Breathe it in your with your mouth and yeah, your maybe nose next two time. swishes. <laughs> I, I two only swishes. ever did one dip. Two you swishes know? on the wasabi. But you're finding the the hidden flavors. I was, like I didn't, I wasn't able to swallow the whole thing, but I got most of the way through it. One of these days, I will complete this task. <laughs> uh, I get the whole thing. But now, like I would say. If somebody was like, do you like garlic? I would immediately cue to that experience and be right. like, my mouth was on fire and it was shitty. Yeah. But garlic used well properly yes. in a blend of other things makes something delicious. All the right. difference. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This like, is great. And this relates back to creativity because there's something to be said for the technique. You don't always just want to wing it, but there is a happy middle ground mm-hmm. where. But right? you also need to be. Cavalier enough <laughs> to take those wild chances, those wild leaps. What's going right. to happen? When let's I, eat when a I, whole clove of garlic. Let's eat a whole clove of garlic and see what happens. Has anybody done this? It's a good point. It's not documented. Let's yeah, do it. Point. When I train a bartender, I say, everything on the back bar, you need to know what it smells like and tastes like by itself. Because you're not going to know just off the smell or just thinking like, oh, would St. Germain elderflower work in here? But... If you don't think know, it's going to be elderflower, but it's not. No, but it's like, if you don't else. know what it is down to its core self, you just know how it plays well with others. Mm. But you don't know what the actual components of it that makes it play well with right. others and, are, and how much of something. Exactly. You know, because you don't. You want can to definitely overdo it. Saint Germain. Oh yeah, totally. Do you want to try this? Uh, this uh, Luxardo bitter. I don't want to. It's very. It's low alcohol. Sure. You know. So. That, but this is kind of like well, it's thirty percent. Never mind. Um, well, low you know, alcohol. It's, it's it's Monday, so. But it's, it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's oh, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> he doesn't have a so job. Even better. Saying, Your excuse is invalid. Have, I, have I said that I haven't had a solid job for the last four months? Because uh, every day feels the same. <laughs> and I wouldn't. So I wouldn't taste. I wouldn't say this is imitation Campari, but okay. it is uh, a bitter, just like Campari is, but it is white. How you make a white Negroni, basically. You, you just literally just solved the mystery for me. Because at the p in Vancouver, walking back from, you know, Gastown through Gastown back to downtown, uh, we're just walking, just nondescript brick buildings. And I'm like, assuming it's all like, you know, low-key music studios, because that's what it is down there. And then this dude's just posted up, smoking a cigarette in front of this nondescript building. He's like, hey, you know, this is a bar, right? Okay, <laughs> so me and this girl Paige go in, and I got this white Negroni. I was like, this is the best Negroni I've ever had in my life. How do they make a white Negroni? That's probably that, ding. That's that, probably how. And dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. Yes. Mm. And then chili. And also that place, like most places, will have meatballs on the menu. This place have meatball. Like, <laughs> okay, so I, so I, uh, I'm intrigued. I'm curious. <laughs> I'll get the meatball, <laughs> and it is 
a fucking meatball the size of your fist or bigger, just surrounded by little bits of bread in like a marinara. And it was the best meatball I've had in my life. And the best Negroni. I also love... Just from this weird hole in the wall and some dude was just happened to be there. This is a bar. I would have missed out. Do you remember what it's called? It probably doesn't exist anymore. I really love how you said... Like most places, they have meatballs. <laughs> Do most places not? Am uh, I crazy? No. Most pla- name, name one place in Red Deer that You guys has... don't go to the old spaghetti factory? I don't go out. When you said the word old factory, that's what I thought. Uh, old, old spaghetti factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and no, I don't go out. How All the look? good nights to go out, you know where I am. Yeah. I'm at the bar. Right. And then the nights that I can go out are not good nights to go out. So I stay home. Smart. How do you like that Luxardo uh, bitter? It actually felt like a sweeter. Yeah. Like a I little think it sweeter. It, it, it kind of has more viscosity, good. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, Another great nice. word, viscosity. That Motherfuckers don't know viscosity. I, I, I that that is one of my favorite When words. I think about viscosity, I Viscous. think about velocity. So a higher viscosity, to me, mm, it moves faster. They're inverse. But it's the other they're way. They're inverse. That's right. They're inverse. The higher now, the viscosity, what, the lower the velocity. But what is terminal viscosity? Frozen. Terminal viscosity? Terminal viscosity? Is frozen? An absolute or, solid state. Oh. Absolute zero. Absolute zero. Negative viscosity. 273.15 <laughs> degrees Kelvin. I actually really like that. That's oh. a, you have three podcasts terminal now. Viscosity. That is three podcasts. You have terminal, terminal viscosity. Man, no, that's not a podcast. That's that a is podcast? a band name. <laughs> terminal yes, viscosity. Right. Well, I, I what kind of band are they? Well, are they a punk band? Are we making a movie and a band? <laughs> We're making a biopic it's, it's, of a band. <laughs> a the documentary band. of this band that put out the album that you just watched them make and that's the end of it. <laughs> I, there are a lot of movies where I think they came up with a name and thought, let's make a movie around it. Right. Because... Well, so many movies come out that are a great story. I'm sure it's a great movie, but... It's got a shitty name. Like, this great one apparently is great. I haven't watched it. It's called Scar- Star Wars. Scar- <laughs> no. Scar Joe and Adam Driver. Oh, Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage Story. But, like, yeah. What, it's a, a, good what a fucking fill-in-later title for a movie. <laughs> marriage Story. Yeah, it's not even a story. It's a it's divorce story. Shrek. It's a divorce now, story. Now, that's a movie yeah. title. Shrek. Spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> what the fuck is that? What is Shrek? Marriage Story. <laughs> But like you get what I'm saying. Well, it's going to if, if so many single people are going to be like, don't get hung that, up on marriage. the Shrek thing. I mean, that's, that's not that was my secondary point. How can I not be hung up on that? That's the thing. Also, Shrek. Now oh there's a movie title. I don't know what I was listening to last night, but like they were talking about these <laughs> people were talking about reality TV, and somebody was talking about Bar Rescue, and they said John Taffer. They're like, how would you describe John Taffer? Just if Shrek was a human. <laughs> Uh, okay. This camp power is good, though. Yeah, it is. Do you ever... Are, are you ever able to, like, get off work at, like, 2 or 3 a.m. And, and go home and, like... Are you exhausted? Or do you ever have, like, a little bit of a creative vibe going where you're like, I'm going to work on a little bit of music. I've been thinking about this thing all day. Or, you know, I've been I've been riffing a little that's bit in my problem. head at work. That's the problem. I always come home with these ideas. But physically, I'm burnt exhausted. out from doing my job. My ears are tired. That's a thing, like, people who don't do this, don't know. Like, your ears get tired. Like, your eyes get tired. Anybody yeah. who's been on a long haul when drive you're on live music knows, like, too. it all just blends together. It's, you know, yellow lines and fields. Like, your ears do that. After eight hours of listening to people yap and music playing all the time, your ears 
aren't as fine-tuned as they would be fresh in the morning. Right. But the problem is, at 2.30 in the morning till 5 or 6 in the morning, that's when I'm most inspired and most creative and having my ideas. But I am technically not as well-equipped to realize them. You know? I get yeah. that. I, I carry a notebook in my pocket. But if I get an idea, like I hear a line that I really, like, that's a great line, or this idea of so-and-so, I'm like, I'm going to go write that down. Because I, there's so many, I wake up the next day, I'm like, oh, that was such a good line or a good story, like a piece. The that notes should, app on yeah. my phone is like nothing but like little two sentence things. So then I, 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 I might fill a moleskin book with those. And so like almost nightly, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to put this in somewhere. I'm going to just at least type it in and I'm going to bang out a paragraph. And then I get home and I'm like, nope. <laughs> Bed. <laughs> like, or I sit in front of the computer. I'm like, okay. But no. your eyes are already tired, and you're just blasting them with this computer screen, which is another thing I don't really want at three in the morning. Like, I want to yeah. be able to just jam out, make some music, but I have to look at my computer to do it, and I don't want to. Do you mm -hmm. make sure to write down like the, the the notes and the lines that you're thinking as like you go, though, so at least you can revisit it mm -hmm. in the future? I do, because I, I don't know if you you probably experienced this before, and and likewise you as well, Trevor. Is like whenever you think about something, this is you, why I'm on and my you phone don't write it down, and the next day you're like, oh, what was that thing that happened what, this morning what, what was that oh, what was that, that, what was that line morning. what was that thing that i had and it's just like oh it's gone i came up with the funniest Torque. little rap last night i was like bars bro that's bars and i didn't have my notebook yeah. on me and my phone was dead and this morning i woke up remembering the feeling of being like bars and i the couldn't feeling, remember the bars but not the bars um, right? exactly it's, and i'm like i don't know totally tortured there's a kanye to lyric about this where he's like i've forgotten better shit than you've ever written that's right yeah right yeah there's also a seinfeld episode where he you know you woke up in the middle of the night and wrote something down and it's all yeah, jumbled and, yeah, yeah and you yeah. can't read it yeah <laughs> there's a seinfeld episode about everything yeah. that's the great thing about seinfeld universality <laughs> back to the bartending yeah i don't know if i have any more bad like stuff. jokes like that. that that actually plays well into bartending that is like 90 percent of my job is just riffing, riffing on things like that. Totally. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing that I like the most about bartending. Like when when I was bartending, it honestly like I used it as like a performance platform. Like, same. I, I mean, especially at the Toad and Turtle, it was often like a big party up in in there. Um, and uh, you know, I was working with Matt Buck, friend of the show, of course. Um, and uh, you know, we would we would be hitting stuff up on the jukebox, and like anytime that like Journey came on, Don't Stop Believing. Uh, I would jump up on the bar and I would what? like lip sync it and sing it to the entire like, you're, bar you're on every single time. And it was like, I nowhere else in my entire life have I ever been able to do that. And it's like, like that's, when, when that's I, super fun. Or or just getting my crackpot ideas across to people that are sitting opposite me because they're here to have some yeah, drinks. Yeah, you're here for half an hour me. and I got some wacky shit. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, it's a, it's a great way, like you said, like it's, it's a perfect opportunity to when be able I, to riff either creative stuff or just ideas or just shoot the shit well, like, like on, we're doing on, right on now. On that performance thing that you said, like when I first started bartending which was literally roughly three and a half maybe four years ago i started at the warehouse on granville street in vancouver which i'm sure you know because i worked there exactly <laughs> so you know it's a nut house mm -hmm. it is 
the best part house party you've ever been to in your life, seven nights a week, the not at your house. It is the it is. best. Was I don't like I haven't been there in a long time, but it was El Furniture Warehouse when I was there. Right, it's yeah. back to that now. Is they, it? They changed so it. What, it was Granville Warehouse, famous warehouse. Now they're back to El Furniture. This is Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. on Granville Street, yeah. right on the strip. And it was the best place because it's it was hot spot right beside the bars, and it got and it was so small, like. When I worked there, it was 64. 60 people. Yeah, 60 like 64 ish. with the patio open. Capacity. So there's wow. always a lineup. So there's that air of like exclusivity, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, only this many people are allowed in. The people, They look like they're having fun. That's the coolest small group of people. Yeah. And it was really cool because it, it stank like beer and peanuts. And peanuts oh, yeah. all over the floor. The peanuts would come out of the ceiling from time to time when they the really bass would. got too loud. Like yeah. It would rattle because people would throw them back up there 15 years earlier. They're throwing peanuts in the sky. Throwing peanuts? Well, they used to have a big uh, uh, upside-down like, sombrero, and people, the game was, was just to throw them, oh, too. Now, yeah, like, for sure that was the game. Like yeah. Now, <laughs> having, eating peanuts in a crowded room is worse than smoking in a crowded room these right. days. Yeah. They they had uh, their carpet on half the bar the was made of, like, AstroTurf, so green, like, outdoor grass. Oh, yeah. And it was just, it was a trashy, awesome bar, but it always got... Celebrities, because there was zero pretentiousness there, and no, nobody gave a like shit. A great fun spot. Your style was part of what got you the job there, yeah. right? And like the celebrities thing, like I've met Owen Wilson, my roommate, smoked dope with Johnny Depp. I met that dick bag that sings for Nickelback. I've met uh, like tons of people, right? When I was there, Jason Statham pulled. He used to pull. Jason Statham. Uh, bar shifts. He go behind the bar and bartend. Really? Oh. That's awesome. And oh, when that I was, is a dream I've had. I had, I was there. <laughs> That's my favorite fantasy. <laughs> I was, uh, what I, <laughs> I was very broke and I had a one day shift a week there and then I was DJing the next couple days, but I was up in that cage and, uh, the cage and it is a cage. Is it not? It is a cage. You squeeze through those bars to get my, Anyways, the whole reason I brought the warehouse up. Because we were talking about how it's like a, it's a performance. We're putting right, on a show, right? right? Before I started the warehouse, I was in like a bad spot mentally, like not really confident, not really going out, not seeing people, just like fuck everybody. And then I happened to get this job and it put me in a spot where now I have to, like it is my job to smile and entertain people for the night. And it brought back something that I had had before because like I was in plays and musicals and high school and shit. And it was like, it's all just a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and it takes you out of that headspace where it's like, it's actually affecting you personally. Where yeah. you can just be like, "We are putting on a show. The show's over at three in the morning," and you just go in there with that attitude. It makes it so much easier. That is a great, very great point. That you maybe that is what draws us because we are performing behind the bar, hundred percent, sir. And on the floor, and the when show you're ends. So I wanted to also uh, bring up. You would think that um, people who are trapped behind a desk. Or, you know, um, out rigging or whatever, where you don't get that creativity, you'd think that they would need a creative outlet because most every human is creative in some form. You, you would think that they would need a creative outlet. Um, whereas we, you know, we get to be creative behind the bar. We get to creative, be creative with talking to people and interacting. We get, and then we have our creative side projects. You would think you would see more, you know, insurance brokers writing books or, Something where they need to get it out. Do you think creativity dies? Yes. Do you think it can be resurrected? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I think you can definitely kill your. So own goes dormant. Though. 
the thing is that, I mean, uh, creativity is, is as much a part of you and every person, even if somebody doesn't think that they're creative, they definitely are. They just haven't watered that seed or they don't see it as creativity or they don't see it as creativity right like a mathematician it's probably very creative somebody who's like that is figuring out yeah it's it's incredibly person, the first person who came up with a formula for calculating the viscosity of a substance was creative and back to the there's no original thoughts thing i remember literally i literally remember being 12 years old and learning about viscosity and being like huh i wonder if there's a way that you could calculate just based off of how viscous a substance is, how light would refract through it. And I designed a formula to calculate My eyes that. Switching. I designed a formula to calculate that at 12 years old, just like not paying attention in class. I They said one thing at minute one of the class and immediately I spent the rest of it doing creative math. Wait a minute. You are the reverse Elon Musk. You're starting with your music career and moving. You're going to move into rocket science. (laughs) (laughs) When you're like 52, you're going to be like, look at this. I made a Mars rover. Well, that's honestly, that's always in the back of my mind. That's always been kind of the thing. Because I did drop out of like real engineering school and then I went to audio engineering school. (laughs) What? But like back of my mind, it's like, I can do all this. The problem was like, I went fresh out of high school and I was a young grad. Like I went to big university from a tiny little farm school i'm 17 big city alone like i was just completely overwhelmed i wasn't ready for what the engineering program was and also most of the people in my class already had a degree they were coming back to do engineering they were like 25 26 30 17 like i'm like excited about you know like drinking beer at college (laughs) you know yeah uh and it didn't work out but like in the back of my mind it's like i didn't drop out because engineering was too hard that was just not the environment i could handle at the time but like i definitely know i'm smart enough Mm -hmm. and i'm more creative than most people doing it back when i was doing construction work i would get plans sent to me from engineers and a lot of them are dumb (laughs) (laughs) they put shit in really inconvenient and non-productive places like there are dumb people with high degrees that's exactly because sure. oh, there's lots because they just get through it there's and lots. they do that four years of school and you get the job checkpoint finish line done i'm in my chair awesome nine <laughs> to five that's the goal getting <laughs> right? in the chair living the dream working hard but hardly working like you know the normal nonsense so and you... then they get complacent and like tech, like engineering, high intellectual field, and they're just but they have that mindset of I'm done, it's over, I've achieved it, blah blah blah, and just half ass well, output. You know, I think like if 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 somebody learns how to do their job and they learn how to do it well, and that's all you know th- that they need, and they don't have a desire to necessarily. Um, you know, expand on ideas or or, uh, or or really challenge themselves, and they're you know they're 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 content with their life. I think there's a lot of people that, um, you know, a lot of people's goal is to just like kind of like have a family, and there's absolutely like nothing wrong with that. But if they get into a place where their job is so what their job is on 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 a day to day basis, and like that's what they do, mm. it's not to say that they're like they're not creative, but they're not really maybe choosing to be well creati- not that they need to be they created kids creativity doesn't need to be a product right right it can be doing jigsaw puzzles it can be baking cookies it can, it can be the way be, you drive having work. a conversation yeah yeah if you feel like taking yeah. the long yeah. way i guess home, cookie puzzles and cookies are a uh, product but yeah, yeah it could be yeah using your imagination what you cook for supper tonight yeah i definitely think that there's things that like kill like your creativity though like being depressed 
or, um, uh, you know, like, like heavy anxiety. Like I think there's a lot of, or, or, or being in that job where you're doing the same thing every day and, and that's not what you want. You're not content with that. I think that that can kill your creativity because you essentially, anything that makes you feel sort of trapped, you know, <clears throat> or and, you, and there's a lot of scenarios where that's the case. And it's not that the person isn't creative, but maybe they can't be creative. Or their battery's drained by the time yeah. they're ready to be creative. Yeah. And, and it's a, it's a easy go-to right now but social media you know like you look at other creative people and think well i'm not that creative so i'm just gonna bother totally yeah you know or like you if you watched a movie like side note you've met christopher nolan right i have oh that's fucking wow which was personally really great for me because he's he makes movies probably probably the closest to the types of movies that i'd like to make that mm-hmm. are sort of like heady and actiony and mysterious and that, that that's and and like kind of dark it's like that's that's kind of the, the the type of movies the genre that i would like to make so that was he's 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 one of my favorites of all time maybe even the favorite mm-hmm. um uh the number one for me so that was that was hashtag blast <laughs> so oh, I've been, if, I try but, so hard every day to not say that <laughs> I, try, I, I, I can't I, I try <laughs> every day to say it I try I, to say it that's my goal well, I allow myself like one a week <laughs> as a quota like I said it the other night at work I was like is everybody paying attention right now because this is the one <laughs> just, just, just change it up it's, it's pound lucky <laughs> pound lucky and that's creativity right so, there, ladies and gentlemen. Oh You've just seen God. it right here. But if you saw Christopher Nolan movies and thought, well, he's great. I'll never be like that. Gonna, yeah. So shut it down. Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of people that do that. You fight through it. You know, you, you listen to your favorite artists. Well, this, and think, is, this is why when people ask me like, oh, have you heard this new album by this guy? Have you heard that? The answer is no. Because when new shit comes out, and I think it's dope, immediately my instinct as a creative is like, scrap everything you got going. This is way doper. You can do better than what you've done. Mm-hmm. But it's just different. Better is not the same as different. But this is why I don't listen to a whole lot of new shit. Like, like I don't listen to not a lot of new hip-hop. First of all, a lot of it's boring and uninteresting to me. And the stuff that is interesting is so interesting that it fucks with my method. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 It's It's true. I mean, it's... It's a challenge. It's a real. It's a real challenge not to look at the things that have been done that are fantastic and think how I got pale in comparison to that. How am I ever going to get to that level? And the thing is that you, you, whatever that level is, you will probably never get to. You so right. just like well, and the so person that's surrender. at that level has levels they're trying to get totally, to. and they 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 would have thought yeah. the same way. So it's like don't don't worry about what that end goal is. The 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 um the the rewarding. Part should be the process, and although that is so much easier said than done, and you have to, and you have to get enjoyment out of that. You have to I'm actually super guilty for for that. Is is uh, again, like I mentioned, like thinking about the structure for so long. It's like I want to have this. I want this to be great. It's great in my mind, so I want it to be great on the page. So I'm going to plan it out as much as I possibly can, and then I I start to get scared of even like how do I when do I start I writing it because like, it's like I don't know if I'm ready. Bullet, I don't that, know if I'm ready. The sure. silver bullet like, that kills you're never creativity. Be, so just. So you gotta just eventually jump off of that cliff, right? And just see where you land. And then if it doesn't work out, you can do it again. You know, there's, there's nothing about creativity that is gonna that is gonna be life or death, unless you're like. There are some things, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actual life or death, yeah. Was, was uh, there like that creating that airplanes? Guy that recently creating died? airplanes, oh, yeah. Shit. yeah. No, but like, but like realistically, Expe- when placing it comes expectations to, yeah. on something. Back when we were talking about can creativity yeah. be killed? 
placing expectations on something That'll will kill. kill creativity. Good point. I agree. Yeah, yeah 100%. You've got to get your head out of that space. Yeah, and that, I think that's either comparing or just fear of anything because like, I, I marvel at a lot of creatives. They're uh, very uh, self-conscious about their work and then they release it. But I kind of think, how the fuck do you ever release it? Mm-hmm. Like I, I could have a finished novel and think, well, I'm not. You gonna are put this out in the world. like you're talking about my life. <laughs> like all, like all my friends around me are like, like, oh, you should show. Like I was driving some people home. One of them who's heard a bunch of my music before was like, oh, show buddy all these songs. I'm like, uh, immediately like, eh. but like if the end goal is to have these songs on the radio, motherfucker's gonna hear it anyways. It's gonna happen, and I don't have control over it. So like, what am I hiding from? Yeah, what are you hiding from yourself? Yourself, Trevor, hiding from your own fears, Mister. Yeah, this is now a psychiatry podcast. Yeah, we that's, that's, that's <laughs> what thing, though. And, and no, I mean, it really that, is. As, really as a creative is. person, I mean, I think one of the first things I said about creativity was about the insecurity, and that's exactly what we're talking about right now. And that's that's part of the challenge, and it's part of the excitement is just to uh, to to try to let go of that. And yeah, I think that's a, that's a challenge that sometimes. every oh, every creative it's person. So has. It's so hard. Whether you're bartending, whether you're performing music. Uh, writing it, uh, composing it, or whether you're making films or just sitting in your basement, tapping away uh, on your laptop trying to write something. It's it, those are always challenges that you're going to come up against, and mm-hmm. that's that's kind of the that's the real artist struggle. It is like a muscle. They say the mind is a muscle yeah. because if you don't uh, work out and you don't uh, or get exercise, you're going to get unhealthy and you're just going to not going to give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. If you, I've found if I. If I write every day, if I, I'm going to write a paragraph every day, that's a minimum. I keep going on. But if I take a break and I just, too many times I say I'm tired and I momentum. want to go to bed. It's momentum. momentum. Yeah. Right? Then I just. The longer you've been sitting, the harder it is to get back up. Because I've mentioned to you before about this book that I'm writing and I want, I'm like, I want to send it to you and just get your thoughts. But at the same time, I don't. Because if you send it back, you're going to be like. Well, start from page one again. You know? <laughs> do you ask? <laughs> I do you ask people who don't know the craft, or do you ask? Yeah, because like I, I try to split it. Like I will send what I call almost finished songs, which any sane person will be like, "That's just put it the fuck out. It's done." And I'll send, I'll send some to my engineer friends, and then I'll send some to just like high school friends that don't know shit about shit. Mm-hmm. And if it's good. They'll say it's good, and if it's not good, they'll say it's not good. And the other guys will hit me with, which yeah. is another thing that sends me on these year-long. I mean, some, some some of the worst bandages. advice that you can get is, "I liked it" or "I didn't like it." You know, it's like, "What did you hate about it?" Because um, it's an intricate thing. You but also like, to the consumer, it is just a yes or no. I, right. Okay. And Am back, I going to watch this movie? Am I not going to watch this movie? Right. And back to the bartending, because if you send it to your technical friends, and they're going to tell you what's up. But if you, t- you send it to your high school friends, that's your market. Exactly. Like, as a bartender, if I say, okay, really accomplished bartender who knows everything, try this drink and tell me what it is. Right. Or tell me how you think. They'd be like, they'll break it down. Oh, yeah. But if I give it to an average Joe it. who doesn't know all that, they'd be like, I like it or I don't. Yelp if you don't like it, if, they, if technical Pete says, you just need this, and average Joe says, I don't like it, then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You well, yeah. you need to sell those drinks. Yeah. Well, it's you watch uh, Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Like when they launch their beta, and they're like, "Oh, beta's killing it!" And then they launch in the real world, and they're like, "Everyone's like, this sucks. I don't know how to use it." Because they sent their beta to all their engineer friends. Right. 
and they're like, oh, this is incredible from somebody who understands everything about it. Mm -hmm. They're like, the intricacies in here are marvelous. But somebody who doesn't already have the training and education to understand what they're receiving is a lot of information. And immediately the animal instinct is either yes or no. Mm. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? So my nine ingredient, all the flowers cocktail. I would probably like it. You would. (laughs) So for an experienced palate, you'd be like, yeah, I can taste this, that, that. And it interplays well. I like it a lot. Um, Give it to a customer. They're like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Or... Great. <laughs> and, th- and that is why simplicity yeah. rules because, like, yeah, it's good. I don't care what's in it. I just, well, that's, it, yeah, it that, makes my mouth That's the thing I need to come back to when I'm, like, making songs or whatever. Like, because I know that there are all these intricacies to all these levels and ways to manipulate it, that's always in the back of my mind. Like, oh, you could EQ it. The normal person just, like, push the button. But I'm like, oh, I can, I can get real into it. Like, zoom way in this particular frequency but at the end of the day that's a waste of my fucking time Mm -hmm. just do it as simple as possible and if it sounds good it sounds good and other people are going to think it sounds good i'm the only person who hears these things it goes a bit about your what your your market is because if you want to make a like a david lynch or wong kar wai kind of really cool interesting movie you're going to get the like auteur style you're going to get that niche market totally or you could be the Michael Bay just explosions. Here's a billion dollars. Yeah. And you, you're you could be so technical, you know, and and you can listen to like um, Ludwig uh, Göransson, who has you know all these I mean, that one where he breaks down um, uh, Redbone. There's a there's a, a YouTube video where he's like, and oh this, really? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, there, and he shows there are like thirteen it, classics that are tiniest little sample of that becomes part of Redbone. Yeah. And, and that's, it's that's why it's a hit, though, because it there's that a... little tinge of familiarity to right. everybody. They're like, this sounds like something I know already. But there's also Top 40, where you just throw a bunch of shit together, and you've got that, the, it's you've got the formula. That's kind of the simplicity, you know? isn't it? But it it's, yeah, it's exactly. Right? Simplicity, but, but it's a yeah. vague the, familiarity the pop- that people confuse with popularity. They're like, this is very similar to something I've already liked before. It must be good, but not necessarily. Well, what I'm trying to get at is that you've got the simplicity of Michael Bay or um, fucking I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't watch whatever. Movies. No, or or top forty music. Just and then you've got your hits, right? But you've got your intricacies and your very like trained eye things or trained ear things or trained taste things. You know where people like. I just want a Budweiser. I'll get crazy and get an old-fashioned. Great. I, I like that, too. Or, do you have anything that tastes like nine different flowers? Yeah. yeah. Yes, of course. I, I do stayed that. up late like, drinking gin and listening nice. to Mad Villain last night. Like, I like the weird shit. Yeah. Know? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. So, there's, I, I think there's creativity on both sides. But, I mean, sometimes creativity is warranted. And sometimes it's, I just want to turn my brain off. Totally. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not a brain turner offer kind of movie guy. Yeah. Uh, I like to, if I'm going to sit down for an hour and a half or two hours, you I better. Like to, I like to nibble on it. See, yeah. I like yeah. to turn off. This is why I watch Bar Rescue. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. And I you know, do not like, like that. That's why I read Hit me books. with some nonsense. <laughs> like, if, if it's expected, like it's coming at me, I'm like, I know what I'm getting with Bar Rescue. I don't have to think about the visual content of my life right now. 
I'm just gonna eat some snacks. Yeah. Take yeah. a break for an hour. It's background noise. More than anything. <sighs> I, think, I think the visual aspects of, of John Taffer is like tight shirts, neon signs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> I've never watched a show. Bacteria. That does sound <laughs> this perfect. This is <laughs> bacteria. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I think. Uh, we could keep going for days and days on this. For sure we could. You did say something about bourbon earlier. Yeah, do you want some bourbon? I would love some bourbon. Okay. I've got my Infinity bottle, which is a lot of fun. What is that? It's um every... I've got a Whiskey Infinity bottle and a Ginfinity bottle. Oh, okay. this is like your bar mat. It's like a little bit of every whiskey that's ever lived in your house. Yeah. Really? One, one ounce of every whiskey. Holy shit. Be it uh, Japanese or Welsh or Canadian or anything... And you put it in here, an ounce of everything, and then you've... Oh, taste. that's wild. Yeah. Do you want to taste some? Yeah, absolutely. Do you I want think, some? I think that's what we got to go with. Well, and okay. that's the thing. Just we, an if we taste it now, multiple different, it's never going to taste like that again. Never. That's right. <clears throat> this is so cool. <clears throat> this is cool. Yeah, I've got some in here that I don't even remember what the bottles are because they're yeah. long gone. Well, let's just do it as is. If okay. you want to. I'm down. If you guys are down. Absolutely. Okay. We, we're running out of sampling glasses, so we're drinking out of jiggers now. <laughs> <clears throat> we could we could rinse some of these. Uh, rinse, rinse. <laughs> what? Wash glassware? There's, there's no time. <laughs> We're bartenders with wash glassware. <laughs> All right. Wow. There's there's scotches. What what a wild there's, card of whiskey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, somehow, right. somehow, it's like it, it doesn't taste like any specific whiskey, and yet it tastes like all of them at the same time, which I guess is but it makes also perfect not sense as so to what like, it is. But it's pretty smooth. It's not so everything that it's too much, like too assaulting. Right. There's no there. There are peated whiskeys in here. There's not a lot of peat though. It's kind of. I feel like by... every every whiskey that's in there is like waiting its turn to let me taste it. Waiting like, its turn. Oh, yeah, right? I like that. That's good. You know, like, it's, you... it's coming in stages. Like I'm still. Getting new flavors. You've done a sh have you done a shot of Angostura bitters in your life? Yes. A full ounce? Yes. No. That's something you need I to have. do in your life. I, I learned whoa, this whoa, once whoa, again. Whoa, pump the learned this Why? at the is warehouse. It, it is a good thing. It's also Seriously? really high alcohol content. I know that it's high alcohol content. I've always kind of wondered that. How <laughs> that's like, where that's how I learned it. it. They're <laughs> selling it on grocery store shelves, and I'm just kind of like because it's, it's expensive. It's it's what three ounces, three and a half ounces in that bottle, yeah, I guess and me. it's eleven bucks. So it's like three and a half. Four dollars an ounce, Damn. but I feel if like you a lot shoot of it, wasted on the bottling. Yeah, <laughs> if you shoot it initially, you're like, "Oh, that's the worst thing ever." But then you're like, "Oh, okay, I, I can taste the cinnamon and the clove and the orange, and it, it just every flavor comes in a wave. It's like Whoa. a Slurpee. Yeah, right. Like one you, flavor, it's gone. Next flavor, like, and just keeps coming. You know that new Netflix in uh, intro when it's like. Yeah, I love and it, goes, and then all and the colors, like, yeah, all the colors. old school VHS style, that, like Technicolor bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's dude. doing a shot of Angostura. It. It's like wow. wait, there, there, and then you see them all, dude. That's very cool. So that's what I uh, like about this Infinity so, Bottle. It's because... so yeah, it's like a mouth journey. <laughs> New podcast. Uh, <laughs> mouth. Yeah. I've gotten a gin, gin Infinity. Ginfinity. Gin yeah, well, yeah, yeah like, obviously. obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started a um, Aquavit one too. Ah, okay. Because they are very, very different. Is There's... it Aquavit or Akavit? I thought it was Akavit. Akavit. Aquavit. I don't know. It's so, just us is it too douchey to like, say that? It's, 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 ju it's just, just us trying here. to impress everyone. It, it depends where it's from because uh, I think. Um, <laughs> Isn't it like inherently Swedish? Scandinavian. Okay. Swedish, Norwegian, Danish. 
Got a whole. Uh, yeah. Bjornholmer is Danish. Mm-hmm. That uh, that says Aquavit, but that's from Kelowna, right? But yeah, but like a Q doesn't necessarily mean Qua. True. And some are spelled like, AKV. Right. Because, because like French, like all their Qs are just <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> that was good. Quite true. I'm gonna, use, I'm gonna use that. We're still recording this, aren't we? Yeah. Well. Well, this is what, like, this, this, this is what happens. Do you want to put a sign this off This is what in I there and... thought podcasts were before people started making actual stories and structure to podcasts. Like, I thought it was just people with a microphone I mean, I and, think like, it, it, it free internet it is, access. For, no, for like, most, just run wild. For the most yeah. part, I think it should be like that. You know, it's like, I, I think we've done a pretty good job. We're, this is behind the scenes now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done a pretty good job of relating everything back to sort of the theme that we had. But I think podcasts and should try. be conversational in nature well, totally. like you I, should allow yourself yeah. to fire off on on different tangents like because everybody right? that's how most podcasts are somebody just gets the idea like man like what we've been talking about for the last two hours is insanely funny and or interesting why didn't we record this yeah i right. remember a million years ago thinking with our friends and we we're 19 and drunk and so funny oh it'd be so funny to make a movie about this last two hours yeah and everyone would love it but Audio-wise, yeah, people would love it. And I have and hours honest, and you know, hours of recordings for a podcast that never came to fruition because I'm not about to go back and listen to hours and hours of recordings from when I was stoned with my friends the night before. Right. Like, we probably weren't talking about much. See, this, this is what I mean, though, is I think a lot of the times, like, you think, like, man, that would be really funny if we, like, recorded that. And it's just like, and then you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, that was probably terrible. I think probably not. I think a lot of the time when you're having like ridiculous, whatever conversations are uh, like either, well, it's either the at the wood, it's like, I, I think that there's actually a lot of value in there. Well, this brings it right back to like the top of the program was like, you're in it and it's feeling the vibe and stoke my memory. I, I just lost what <laughs> yeah, I was no, 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 like, Cause <laughs> you'll, you'll talk about funny stuff. You'll talk about interesting stuff. You'll, 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 you'll get on uh, maybe even some touching moments always at least, you know, you know, people like us or whatever, like it's always going to be like a little bit funny, a little bit creative. Like that's, that's always all going to happen. So even though sure it might be, uh, the ramblings of, of drunken or stoned people or whatever it might be, but I always think that there might be a little bit of value in there. And if you could record the whole thing and then like, you know, tone it down, that it would be interesting to listen to. Hmm. Maybe I just have too big of an ego to think that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like the stuff that I say shouldn't be heard. Like, but most of what I, I say is think funny like... and or informative. Like, <laughs> this that's, is why I never. That's the quote. This is why I haven't pressed stop on this because yeah. I'm like, that's gonna be. Yeah, that's gonna well, be that's what I'm saying though. Like, I we had this no, everyone, podcast I... called the After Work Bowl because, like, back when I lived in this house in East Vancouver with six the other audio after engineers. Work bowl. Yeah, and. Well, my friend Davis uh, would get home from work, working downtown, restaurant industry, and he'd come home late, and I'm the only one up smoking weed, making beats, and he comes in, and we smoke weed together, and just rant about shit. And eventually we're like, this is really funny, or, they, very, or funny. very original ideas that nobody's had before. Yeah. We should be recording this and sharing it, and... I have like 13 hours of recording that I have never listened there's to. Never, there's never any harm to that, though. No, it's, like, it's, it's, it's actually, like, I mean, look, look at what we're doing right here now, right? Like, like worst, worst case scenario, you had time. a good time, yeah. and nothing comes of it. Well, that's Which, exactly why that's okay. I, exactly why I wanted Isn't to do that this life? podcast. Right? We want to just have a good a lot time. It's fun. I'm not trying to be, we're not, we're not trying to, uh, like, break any ground As soon here. as you put expectations on it, that kills the creativity. That's right. And I always think, so, like, okay. We're drinking be... in the afternoon. 
There's going to be on Tuesday. On a Monday. On a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) So. Um, Sorry, I clipped that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah there is a baby have... napping upstairs, too. Yeah, I was... Um, <laughs> so... That's why I started off at such a high volume and said, how are you going to be talking? Yeah, I got a call. Um, I always expected, like, there's going to be five people who find this entertaining and yeah. great. And we're up to, like, double digits. It's great. Decent. And, like, our first episode, 70, 70 listens. Like, someone uh, who has an experienced podcast, like, uh, that's chump change. But for me, 70... People want to listen to us. This is amazing. Yeah, you know. So I just think I we're having fun. We're just talking about shit and like at the wood. And other people like listening to it because it's very conversational. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It might be fun for someone else. Yeah, it might be fun. uh, Or my friend Jay might he learns things. Like wow, people learn things. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had the same experience when uh, we were doing Live with Stephen Sean uh, when when oh, we were doing our Facebook that. Live show. It was and it was just like we have no we we went into full on panic mode every single time uh, that we did one of those things because the whole idea behind it was to just like kind of you know we'd have a couple topics that we'd want to talk about like let's let's talk about action figures let's talk about uh, you know Superman versus Batman or like wh- whatever it is but we would never really know what we were gonna yeah. say and it's like we got to do this live we got to do it on camera and we're and and, and we got to figure out what we're going to do as we're doing it. But that was part of the freedom behind it was that we didn't really know. So we had no structure. So we just, so we, so we just did it. And it's like, and it's that thought where it's like, if people watch it and they like it, great. If they don't also, who cares? Cause we're kind of but doing like, this for us. See, yeah. I'm, I'm and super it's neurotic. Yeah, and it's it, free, like, right? If I, if I was doing something like that, like I just knowing the cameras in the room kills it for me. Right. Like yeah. I, I'm never going to be 100% authentic right? when I know it's there. Like, we were recently doing, like, you know, profile things at work. They're, like, taking a picture and doing oh yeah talking points or whatever. And I was like, hey, like, if you want my picture, don't show me the camera. Oh, yeah. Because as soon as I see the camera, I get, like, that, like, rape smile. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Get, like, that's not, so that's not me. Like, I am... So photogenic until I see the camera. <laughs> and then, and then, yes, ew, I see it. And I immediately, like, because I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm going to look ugly on camera. And then you manifest that into an ugly face and it becomes real. Huh. <laughs> if you don't know it's there, you're just pretty all the time. Peeking behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it. Okay, it's, call it. it's closing time. We're getting kicked out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This oh, has been a lot you. of fun. Thanks, uh, Spacey, where where can people find your beats? People can find my beats by coming to see me at the bar because I'm super exclusive and shit like that. Wow. Or you can follow me on any social media at Space Cadet Beats. Space Cadet, not spaced. Space yeah. Cadet. S P A C E C A D E T B E A T S. Yeah, follow yeah. me. Um, or get in contact and let's make some songs together. Or Ooh. go to Bo's Bar and Stage and get a drink. Steve, uh, you're, uh, yeah. you, you are unemployed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> Absolutely correct. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, like, like I say, I've, uh, we were mentioning before the podcast, I've got this, uh, this pretty cool script, which is very likely going to be paired with the podcast itself as I do some research for some of the topics that this script is about. Which I think is brilliant. Uh, which, brilliant. yeah, I think, I think it's going to be really cool. I don't want to mention too much here because, yeah. uh, there's, there's going to be a, a rollout strategy, but, um, uh, it's... Is it a short film feature No, length? it'll be feature. It'll be oh, feature nice. for sure. 
Um, uh, Instagram uh, at Stephen Kivit, S T E P H E N K I E V I T, for when I start posting some stuff about that. Uh, as well, uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier. I do a Facebook Live show with my friend Sean McLavish, who is also a very prominent bartender uh, around these parts. Um, and uh, you can find us on Facebook at uh, Live with Stephen Sean. We've got our own page. Uh, we haven't been releasing. Uh, episodes as regularly as we'd like to, but we still pump them out. Once Welcome in a while, to the so. life of a creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, you can look out for my book coming twenty fifty five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> You've got two pre sales right now. Yeah. Right here, right? All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just uh, Thanks, let's shut this down. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> I just want to throw an edit in at the end here. Um, after listening to it, this episode, and editing it, uh, I noticed that, uh, well, A, we really rambled on, and if you're still here, congratulations, and uh, you can put up with a lot. But also, I just want to say that I think everyone can be creative. I'm not trying to say that just people who work in this industry are uh, have creative sides. Everyone is, and, and creativity can be anything from... Uh, like we said before, making something, or it could be just collecting things, or, um, or just even just using your imagination, changing the way you walk to work, that kind of thing. It can be anything in the world. It can be what you read about and want to do when you plan on doing someday when you retire or something. That's building your creativity. Every person is creative. I think we are just lucky that we get the schedule that allows us to work on the uh these side ventures uh, um i think everyone and i hope everyone in one, sometime in their life gets the chance to explore their creative side you know draw that comic book um go sing at an open mic go uh write a book of poetry anything go bird watching and write down what you see those kinds of things i think um creativity is a needed part of humanity that is underutilized I think the world would be a lot more beautiful place if everyone didn't sti uh, stifle their creativity, if they ended up actually doing what they wanted to do, what they dreamed about doing years ago, but think that they are too old or the opportunities pass them by. Um, I think if you one day you wanted to do something, but you think that's off the table now, uh, it's not. Go do it. Uh, go attack it and if it takes you 20 years to accomplish it or if it takes if you don't want to tell anyone about it if you just want to keep it to your own little own thing to make yourself happy uh, do it because like I said the world will be a lot more beautiful place if we use our imaginations a little bit more thanks very much for listening